Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. For us, we've got checking point every week rather than every month with every member of the team. We've got more opportunities to put things right that was the, the, the significant shift, is, is getting the, their, their plans from a monthly plan to a weekly plan. How do you build a stronger, deeper, better connection with your team? Well, there's a better question, isn't it? Is if we build a better connection with the team, will it enhance the results of the firm? Will the team feel better, be more motivated and generate more work in less time? In this podcast interview with Wayne Hockley of Anthony Russell, you'll hear how Wayne and his partner, Tony, have built, have made more connections with more of the team more often and the impact it's had on the tone, the feelings of the team, but actually also the deep down results, the performance of the firm as a result of having more connections. Let's go to that podcast interview with Wayne now. Today I'm joined by Wayne Hockley from Anthony Russell, a firm out in the deepest, darkest of Essex, but you can tell us exactly where you're from in a minute, uh, Wayne. Uh, but before we get started, please, Wayne, just give us a bit of background about the firm, number of team members, number of clients and so on, just so we can put into context our conversation, please. Yeah, good morning. So uh, Wayne from Anthony Russell, we're based out in Braintree in Essex, uh, two-partner firm, 11 team members in total and um, size of firm to put into context at 650k turnover, uh, about 180 uh, business clients plus um, a few tax return only clients. Brilliant. And uh, how long has the firm been running, Wayne? And um, tell me a little bit about you and Tony. Um, so in this current format, um, it started in 1999 um, and that was a uh, Tony uh, took that over from a, a previous partner, um, so that was originally been trading since 1989, so been going a few years now. Um, I joined Tony 25 years ago um, and been partner with him now for 15 years. Right, okay, okay. And um, uh, what's the story in terms of you and him and the future of the firm then? How's that, how's that panning out? What's, what's, what's happening there? Uh, so we're now um, fully into Tony's um, retirement phase. Okay. Um, so we, we've we've got a, a, a target date for, for Tony to exit the practice, um, and that's um, in about two years um, next month. And so we, we're just building the building the plans to enable a, a, a nice exit for for Tony to come out and for his clients to remain firmly embedded with us and the team. Right. Brilliant. Brilliant. So wait. This being the, you know, the, the, the structured nature of this podcast discussions about humanise the numbers, so I just want to just cover something initially with you around uh, a study that I talk about quite a bit, which is uh, a study from a, an organisation called Sorota, uh, who have investigated how, how you build an enthusiastic team. And their research, and it's big research, big data, 13.6 million employee surveys plus, um, you know, group, group research pieces and, and more, individual interviews and so on. So it's massive, massive research study suggests that if you want a truly enthusiastic team, you've got to have a sense of fairness, you've got to build a sense of achievement and you've got to build a sense of camaraderie. And my first question um, to you is which one of those resonates most with you? What, which, what, you know, that sense of fairness, sense of achievement or sense of camaraderie, do you think your firm has uh, done very well over the last one, two, possibly even three years? 
Um, I think sense of, well, probably to a certain extent all of them, but sense of achievement um, seems to be coming through now at the moment. Um, so we restructured internally of, um, a couple of years ago um, and brought in the client manager concept. Um, so each of our accountants, um, most of them qualified, um, if not qualified by experience, um, are now responsible for their own portfolio of, of clients, um, aided and abetted by, by Tony and I. Um, but they they run um, they run a, a, a section of the client base, um, and they're they're responsible for um, making sure the client's needs are met. And and I think for them, when they hit the end of the end of the week, end of the month, end of the quarter, and they can see through their uh, through their workflow that um, each of the targets are being met, if you like, and uh, in terms of the in terms of the clients. Requirements in terms of jobs out the door or um, or deadlines met. It's um, I, my perception is that they that's where their sense of achievement comes through. It's they're now they're masters of their own destiny in terms of, of output rather than being reliant upon a an overall manager or, or us setting targets and giving them the work um, to do. Okay, so uh, it sounds like you're talking about they've got a, a, a very much a sense of autonomy and a sense of control over their own portfolio. Yeah. Is that about when the work's getting done, the way they respond to clients, uh, timing of things? What, what, what exactly are they in control of? Because sometimes it sounds as though they are, but actually really they're not. You guys are controlling it. No, no, um, so it is, it is all, of, all of the above that, that you've just mentioned there. So um, beginning, of the, beginning of the year... Um, a, an outline plan is is put together. Um, so, in, if we speak in terms of um, year-end accounts, uh, for example, so they've got their client list, got the year ends, and then every there's a target turnaround date. So, the, the initial target is three months after year end. Everything's done and finished. Um, so, working back from that, they prepare the, all the pre-year-end information for, for the pre-year-end meetings um, that we have with our clients. And at the pre-year-end meeting, they've, in the pack they prepare for us, they tell us when they've scheduled the accounts in for, so we get agreement with client at that stage. That the, um, so, the, so the client manager is dictated, if you like, for the want of a better word, um, yeah. when the pre-year-end meeting is, and then when they want the, the, the process to, to kick off so that they can meet their plan that they've set out for the year. Right, okay. Okay, so if I've heard you right, what you're saying is each of your client managers has got a, a, a work planner for the year. Uh, yes. One of the rules of engagement around that plan is each job is done within three months of the year end date, did you say? Uh, that's our target, that's, and that's where, how the plans are set. Then there'll be, there'll be some clients with some, some tight reporting deadlines um, for, for their own internal bodies, and there's clients that just simply do not want their accounts done within three months of the year, and they're quite um, because it doesn't fit with their cycle of work. So they'll um, they'll then say, oh, "No, that's too tight for us. We'll push that yeah, to yeah, yeah. Um, this date." And then we work with the with the client manager to say, right, "Right, we need to move push that job back." And then and then the client manager will then rework their uh, workflow to to pull another job forward. So right, okay, to fill that okay. gap. So so when when the plan's set, how many of how many of the jobs uh, are you and your team committed to doing within three months of the year and date? Um, there's no, 
I mean, our target, our overall target is that, but ultimately the target is once we've, once we've agreed the date with the client um, that the records are coming in and the date that we're planning on completing that job, then that's, that's, that's the target date, if you like. If that happens to be within three months, then so be it. If it's three and a half months and the client's happy with that and, and that fits with, the, with, with their requirements, then... Right, OK. Um, and and so who's, having got, that, who's having that conversation with the client about when they want it done by then? Is that you or is it your team? Is it the client managers? Um, so in the pre-year end, we'll say that this is when we've got it scheduled in for. Does right. this fit with you and your, um, your accounting team or your, um, your other commitments? Um, and then if they tick the box, that's fine. If not, then we go back and um, I've worked with the client managers to, to rework the, the workflow to say this is when the, when the client's bringing this Right, okay. okay. So you've got this annual plan which ostensibly is setting it out for it to be every job done within three months of the year-end date. The pre-year-end meeting with every client, is that, is that a conversation, is that a meeting you have with every client? Um, every, every A&B. And every A&B client. Right, every okay. A&B client and most C clients. Um, there's a there's a few of those that, that don't require a meeting or yeah 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 okay um, brilliant so uh, the team have got a plan so they they can get a sense of achievement about this year long plan but no one gets buzzed up about you know you know oh I've done one percent of my year long plan what what's going on that actually builds that sense of achievement on a more regular basis what what's the what's the natural rhythm in your firm uh, so the the annual plan is set out from from the start and then um, that then falls um, into a, a more robust quarterly plan. So as the, as the pre-year end meetings come through and, the, and those dates are confirmed, um, and then the, we, they then produce a, a fairly prescriptive 13, rolling 13-week plan, um, so, which is then um, pushed through into their calendars so everybody can it's a complete visibility across the team as to who's working on, on what today and, and when. Um, and we check in with them every Monday morning um, to go through uh, this week, make sure everything this week is still um, still on plan. And um, more frequently, it's, it's been more frequently because of circumstances and, and lockdown and, and, and the pandemic. Yeah, remote working um, and what have you. Yep. Yeah, so um, Tony has been checking in with them uh, up till Christmas. He was checking in with them every day, um, not to check up on them as to what they were doing, but just checking in, make sure they're... Um, well-being and any issues that have cropped up because all working remotely is, is more difficult than yeah. just popping your head around the corner in the office just to, to yeah. see if, um, if everything's on track. Um, since Christmas, we've, um, we haven't done that daily. That's been um, maybe every other day, so if, um, okay. three, three times a week for that specific purpose. Yeah. But invariably, um, there'll be contact with the, with the guys that are working at home um, every day. Right, 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 right. So there's um, interest. Just want to ch uh, come in on this. So a rolling thirteen-week plan. Yeah. So uh, on every Monday, they're looking at the next thirteen weeks of work that has to be done. Yeah. So um, exactly that. So it's beginning of the quarter. It's the whole quarter. Then as we as we go through, move through the quarter, the, the beginning of next quarter starts getting um, getting populated at the bottom of that plan. Right, and and how does that help the team in terms of ensuring that they're doing what they need to be done? Um, one of the one of the check-in points that we go through is the um, two or three things that need to happen this week to improve next week or week after. So if there's a if there's a job 
coming in that should be in next week that still hasn't arrived. Um, then the ob an obvious one is a, is a phone call to the client this week to say we've agreed the date next week, he's still on track for that. Um, so that when we get through to that point next week that um, everything should be there and ready to... Brilliant. Brilliant. It's funny, I've been in a couple of uh, production meetings with accountancy manager teams this week and um, the, it's almost as if the, the emphasis of the, the whole meeting is on how to make this week successful as opposed to, yes, let's make this week productive, but do the things this week that influence next week and the week beyond. And that's what you're describing there, isn't it, I guess? Yes, it is, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So um, how, do you, how, how do you determine or assess whether your team are feeling a sense of achievement then? Uh, just, you know, is there, have you got tracks and measures or is it just a gut feel because you're a small team? What's, what, what, how do you know your team are feeling a sense of achievement, Wayne? Um, from my perspective, is, so they've, they've, got their, they've got their jobs lined up they've got, and every, every job has a, obviously a, 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 a billing point or a, or a production, production point. So there's a, there's a number there to many, manage, uh, measure and manage at the, end of, at the end of each week. So beginning as, we, as this week is confirmed on the Monday morning check-in, um, the re there'll be a, a resulting production output figure um, and or billing figure yeah. um, that um, they work through to, to complete to the end of the week. At the end of, um, end of each quarter, um, we then assess the, the overall, um, overall position and, and just run through any overs or unders. And um, there shouldn't be any su surprises in that because obviously the... the the weekly check-ins are, are, are being done um, to track and measure what, what is happening. Um, and then at the end of each quarter, targets are hit. Um, there's usually some form of recognition um, for that across the team, um, and that ranges from a small bonus here and there or a, a team event um, back in the times when we were allowed to, to, to take To socialise, yeah, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Cool. So there's you, you make a distinction there between the production output in the week and the and the billing. Why why, why that distinction? Uh, two things. As uh, the way we measure internally here is if uh, draft accounts, uh, the point of draft accounts are out to the clients with queries. That's um, that's production. Um, that's a production target, and that's just valued at eighty percent of the of the final fee. Yeah. Um, and then when the um, final uh, bill when the final accounts go out, the final fee is then assessed as as turnover target. All right, and and they're able to log that final twenty percent of the fee has been done that particular week. Is that what's going uh, we, on? Or? Uh, we measure two separate. So draft accounts uh, is their production target, and then separately when final go final accounts go out, that's that's um, turnover target or billing target. Okay, uh, so just just for my own clarity, so this week, um, say one of your team, uh, who, who, who do I call? Give me the name of one of your team. Uh, Georgie. Georgie. So, um, so Georgie's got uh, two sets of draft accounts that are going out, and she gets eighty percent of the fee because draft accounts have gone out to client, and she's got another job that she's actually uh, completed and filed, filed, and she then can log the the, the remaining twenty percent on that particular fee. Have I understood um, that right? Uh, so the two. Draft accounts that go out, she gets 80% of the fee as a production value target. Separately, she's got a billing target, which so she'll get 100% of that fee. Is that right? Okay. When, when it goes out, that right, goes okay. out. So there's two two separate two targets, targets running up simultaneously, and like connected value. to the same job, but at different times. Yeah. All right. Okay. Does that not confuse? Um, 
No, don't think so. Um, it's, it's two separate tracking lines on their on their workflow, right? Um, and it, it segregates the fact from draft accounts to to be, draft accounts. Obviously, need to to go out and, and recognise the fact that production has happened because sometimes draft accounts hang around for a while if clients haven't got any interest in, in answering the queries or, or don't need to hear oh, the right accounts okay. back. Um, and ultimately, their, their, their targets are, uh, are based around their, their billing value, so it's in their interest then to, to get the um, final accounts turned around as soon as possible so that whole billing figure can be recognised in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in everybody's... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I'm curious now because we've got, we've got Georgie on the map now. So is Georgie more driven by hitting her goal for the week, her targets for the week, or more driven by the team hitting the overall team goal or target for the week? What's the uh, trade-off or what's the tone of that um, drive? Wayne? Um, she will be driven by meeting her her targets, which. By definition, if she meets her targets, it means she's serviced her clients in accordance with how we plan to plan to do so. Yeah. Um, there we, there are times in the year um, where one or the other client managers may be struggling um, to either hit a hit a target or hit a deadline, or the plan's gone awry for for some reason. So um, at that point, we'll have a um, get together to see right can we. Can Georgie step in and help one of the other team members and and get this job through the door to to come back so that she doesn't then get penalised on her target for um, for helping somebody else out if if you like. Right. So there's an there's an acknowledgement that there's uh, the need of, for someone else to have some support and and you would, uh, Georgie's target is then adjusted down to reflect that. Is that what you're saying, Wayne? If, yeah. Um, at the end of the quarter, if that was to happen, then. Um, then that, that's an explanation as to why right, she may okay. have missed one of her jobs, which then obviously that exactly that her, her, her target gets adjusted. Right, right, okay. Um, so how, how how would you describe the uh, tone or the feeling of that uh, the camaraderie between your team? Then, um, but you know, it's hard, isn't it? Because everyone's been working remotely. So it's, how, how do you describe this sense of camaraderie across a t team of people that aren't actually in an office? But yeah. Um, um, uh, you know, within this setting, you know, within this conversation, in terms of, you know, uh, well, how would you describe the feeling of, of that teamwork camaraderie piece within Anthony Russell? Um, it is very difficult at the moment um, because they are they are all working at home separately, and they're all looking after their own portion of clients as well. So there's um, there's cross support with the with the payroll team and the bookkeeping team and, and the admin team. Um, so we do um, alluded to before that there's the check-ins, and then we um, with the, for the planning at the beginning of the week, and then we have a monthly Zoom uh, just to run through um, with the client managers, um, just general company policies or strate um, strategies that we're, we're deploying, or any change of direction with um, or any new software that's coming through, that yeah. sort of thing. So it's. Um, it, I think we're all looking forward to getting back into the office properly, and excuse me, and um, and hopefully that that will come back. But yeah, it is uh, it is difficult. I mean, they they do zoom each other, they call each other, and they they're on chatting on Teams um, during the day. Um, but there is no substitute for having a desk next to each other and having a yeah, yeah, chat. yeah. Uh, so there's obviously there's that you know 
two, three one-on-one check-ins each week with each of them. You've got this monthly pull everybody together um, uh, piece. Um, I'm sorry to push you, but how would you describe? What words would you use to describe the sort of the emotional tone on that sen- in in and around this? Um, yeah, we're all in this together. Or do you think that's just uh, a naff question because that's impossible to achieve in a remote working lockdown scenario? Um, yes, it is difficult. It is difficult to achieve. Um, the, those points of contact I described there are the are the structured ones, mm. and then there's invariably. Um, conversations happening over telephone or Zoom throughout the day on job-specific issues or, or, or administrative issues um, which, which are unstructured. So um, most, most days um, I speak to every member of the team. Right. Um, if, not, um, if not every day, then certainly two, three, four times a week. Um, and I think, I think that we have... We have got a very good team, um, and we've got a lot of goodwill from the team prior to lockdown, working from home. Um, I don't think anybody envisaged the the home working was going to last the best part of a year. So it has done now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think to begin with, it was a bit of a novelty, and it was a, a, a kind of we're all in this together, um, and it's a temporary scenario, and we we just need to to pull through. Um, we've still we've still got that. I think, as I say, that. I think a few of them are, are wanting to get back to the office, um, so hopefully we can do that um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the novelty's definitely but, worn off, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, you, you say they, that you, you you built up a, a lot of goodwill with the team uh, prior to March last year. Uh, w- what what was that about? How, how how do you achieve that? And how is that? Re- how do you know you've built up that goodwill as well? Um, I think. Possibly didn't know at the time, but the the way they've reacted and, and dealt with this with this scenario since has, has demonstrated that that we certainly had that, and, and they're they're there for for Tony and I and, and for the clients and, and for the business. Yeah. Um, because essentially it was a well, I turned up for work one morning and there was a cardboard box and filled it up with some screens, a keyboard, um, and, um, and a laptop and 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 their phone and took a few files and, and kind of off they went. And, yeah. Um, Wave goodbye. Yeah. So uh, so. Uh, yeah, at the time, I mean, there's things at the time in terms of the, the, the client manager's uh, scenario where they're um, feeling uh, the autonomy of, of looking after their own clients and the, yeah. and the sense of team for the team events that we did. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, hopefully we can get back to that at yeah, some in, point. Indeed, this year. indeed. But it, it, does, it does sound, though, Wayne, that there's, there's, uh, if, you, if you look at the number of points of contact every week with every person in your team, that's quite high. There's, they're, they're doing it between each other. You're doing it with your team. Tony's also doing the same. So there's actually the number of points of contact, excuse me, <clears throat> with each individual is quite high. So you've got a high degree of connectedness by the sounds of it. Yeah, and that was, a deli- that was certainly a deliberate strategy um, last year as we as we went through this, and um, because we we didn't want after they've been packed off home in their box of yeah. box of um, computer equipment, we we needed to. I. From a, obviously, from a from a company point of view, in terms of operations, we needed to make sure that the um, work was still being done that was needed to be done. But then, um, secondly, and just as importantly, just uh, their well-being. Um, just uh, some of them have got family at home and they've got people around. Um, some of them have got 
uh, just live with another half, so there's only two of them in the in the house, and they may have still been working, so they, they may just be uh, one of them for a long time during lockdown was just um, between sort of nine and five was working at home on her own. Yeah. Um, so it was just making sure that there was enough contact there to to, to break up the day and the monotony um, without. And it's back to that, you know, the, bringing some humanity into what's going on day in day out, and for, you know, yeah. someone who's literally in a one bedroom flat on their own, it's a different world to the living with a partner and you know three kids under seven. It's a, it's a different world. So you've got to respond in a different ways, haven't you? How, yeah. how how have you in the firm been in terms of flexibility around that and and and, and work timings and and so on? What's um, what's been the, the firm's approach on that? Yeah, we, so we had a we had a, a, a small flexi time policy prior to, to lockdown anyway. So sort of start time and end time was flexible as long as the, the hours were done in the day and it was reasonably office hours type thing. So we didn't want anybody coming in at four o'clock in the morning and, and leaving at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was sort of anywhere between sort of half seven till half nine start and then any time between sort of four and six finish effectively. Um, so that was prior to lockdown during working from home. Um, as long as uh, the rules, as long as clients got emails and and telephone calls responded to within a reasonable time frame, then ultimately the the working hours um, they we we left them to to choose. Some have got small children, so it's easier yeah. to work in the evening when the children are in bed. Yeah. Um, and some like the routine of them making sure they're at their desk yeah. working by half eight so they can finish at five. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some of them just enjoy laying and don't start till half ten, but then work through till sort of half Whatever. seven. So yeah, flexible. Um, so you just been you you're not tied to that. It's just the uh, it sounds as though you, t- you you want your team tied to the standards of performance from the customer's perspective in terms of response times and so on. Yeah. But outside that, work sort you you're in charge of you sort your timing out as long as we hit the deadlines that we've agreed with clients and so forth. You've been completely relaxed. Yeah. Um, so they've obviously they've got their plan at the beginning of the week, so they know what they're they're needing and wanting to achieve by the end of the week, and yeah. and um, and they they can choose effectively the hours they they want to do to achieve that, as right. long as the clients are looked after in the meantime. Cool. So it sounds like you've got you've got a goal uh, week in week out to hit in terms of value of work done and and, and billings out the door. Uh, how often in a thirteen week window do you do you hit that number? Um. Good question. <laughs> not thirteen, unfortunately. No, um, not yet. But right, okay. not yet. It's one of our KPIs that we measure um, every every week and and report on every month. Um, the obviously for accounting firm, the last quarter of the month um, is usually a, a strong quarter compared to the first quarter of the month. So, um, on average, um, we're probably hitting two out of the. Four across the court, uh, two two of four. So of thirteen, we're probably hitting seven um, of the thirteen weeks, right? Um, which then tend to be towards the um, towards the end of the end Do of they the really? quarter. All right, so um, we've got thirteen weeks in. It's the last seven that you're hitting them, is it? Um, not quite like that, but no. but he's waited to that. We, Still, we, all right, we've okay. got a, we have been trying to implement a weekly um, a weekly. Cycle rather than a monthly quarterly cycle for for a long time, yeah. um, and every year we make some more improvements to towards that. But we um, and and there there will also be times where it, you simply can't hit thirteen weeks because there might be um, there might be large 
chunky jobs going out in specific weeks, which then have a lead time up to up to um, getting that out. So, yeah, probably on average seven out of thirteen, eight. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And so that that, to, that weekly emphasis, uh, as opposed to say that monthly or quarterly emphasis, and you know, a- accepted. There's you know the the spikes, isn't there, in terms of scale of job, which warps a week and then warps the following week because. You know, you, you're playing catch up in terms of getting you know accounts prepped through the door. Um, uh, how do you know that that weekly approach has worked for the firm, as opposed to you know a standard classical approach in the accountancy firm is you know as long as we hit the monthly number every month we'll be fine. But it sounds like yeah. you're not doing that. You're going let's hit the weekly number every week and we'll be fine. Yeah. How do you know that's worked better than say the monthly approach? Um, from my perspective, two reasons. Um, Cash flow certainly has improved off the back of, of off the back of that for the the non direct debit clients. Um, so jobs are going, production time is going, reducing. So jobs are going through the door uh, quicker. Therefore, um, invoices being raised quicker and and, and being paid quicker. Um, right. Secondly, the um, the growth that we've had in the business over the last few years um, has been. We can attribute that to some of this weekly um, focus. Um, because we, we we call it slippage. If there's if there's jobs that slip into the next period, by looking at this weekly, they're slipping into the next week. If um, so, we've got opportunity to 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 catch that up. Yeah. If um, if we was looking at this monthly and it slips into the next month, by the time we get to December and it slips into the next month, it is slipping into the next it's slipping into the next year. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we in terms of turnaround times and the numbers of jobs at the end of each. At the end of each year, um, there's a number of jobs that we measure at the end of each year that um, could have been done in this financial period that have been that have gone into the next year. That, um, ignoring COVID, um, that has reduced every year um, since we've been looking at this weekly rather than um, rather than a monthly or quarterly focus. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. Slipped back a little bit last year because of production issues. Um, with the with the lockdown and working from home. Yeah, and I know I know furloughs had a you know that they, they well, we've got this new job that didn't exist before, and then and you know you throw that into the mix as well. Absolutely. Can, uh, yeah. You know, I know some firms have struggled with tax returns. Season's been not not as good as it historically had a bit in terms of that weekly methodology. Um, partly because some of the team were consumed by furlough, you know, work as opposed to actually doing tax returns week in week out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, um, yeah. It's not a too dissimilar story here. Right. So. So you're seeing um, turnaround times uh, reducing, uh, slippage reducing, yeah. Um, and, and you say uh, growth. Are you talking fee growth or profit growth or or, or both? What in, in what ways is this weekly mentality, this weekly rhythm, this weekly autonomy from your team's perspective? It sounds. Yeah, both in terms of turnover and, and, and in profits. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and, and how long have you been on this weekly treadmill as opposed to a monthly treadmill? It's, um, I was um, before you answer the question, I was talking to Paul Dunn yesterday. Uh, if, it's over, if you don't know Paul Dunn, he's, he's worth yeah. Googling. He's a real character. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with him. And um, uh, you know, said, do we really want to work on a, on a treadmill? Because actually it's going backwards. <laughs> Like, oh, I've not thought of it like that before. Uh, so treadmill's the wrong word to use in describing this. So you know, this weekly rhythm versus a monthly rhythm. How long have you been um, in in a space where you've been looking to improve that process? Um, we've been uh, improve it probably for um, 
last two or three years, and then probably two or three years leading up to that, we were trying to to get something in that worked around a, a weekly a, a weekly process. Right. Um, okay. So, so has there been any key um, difficulties in terms of installing and making that weekly rhythm work? What what, what are you? I'm I'm now thinking of the. You know, any firm who's listening to this going, this weekly thing's interesting. Um, so it's like, what, what, conf- what, what were the key moments that enabled you to see this working? That, you know, firm could listen in and go, oh, well, if we did that, we'll get there quicker than Wayne and Tony got there. Yeah, um, it's, it, primarily it's just the, uh, the mentality shift. Um, historically in accounting firms, it's um, certainly my experience was it, it, there was always the monthly focus. Um, the... Let's get the, the jobs done by the end of the month. Get, uh, deadlines are always at the end of the month. Um, and accounts, um, internal reports are always produced, produced monthly. So there's just a monthly mentality um, historically around, around everything that, that, was, that was done in the firm. Yeah. So it's, it's getting to that. It's, it's getting the mind shift first. So actually, we need to get away from monthly. We need to get to weekly. And then what processes can we start bringing in to um, actually start implementing that so the, the the first thing we did was was change the um so planning meeting historically planning meetings would have been monthly planning meetings um and it would have been right these are uh, your jobs these are your jobs to be done by the end of the month um and then obviously now that's the the weekly check-in the weekly plan um which was a, a that was the, the the significant shift is is getting their, their their plans from a monthly plan to a weekly plan, um, and then the, the thirteen week rolling plan is um, is is key to us now as well. So that it's not a, a thirteen week plan that reduces to a one week plan. And yes, then over the thirteen going. weeks, yeah, it's always thirteen weeks, yeah, yeah, right, okay. So um, so I can hear the sense in the physical shift from a, a, a monthly workflow production rhythm to a weekly one we check in every week yeah. um, which sounds uh, time consuming to firms you know if we just have once one a month we're only using you know time up once a month as opposed to we're doing it four times a month or five times a month in a five week month we, we're using that time up five times that doesn't sound efficient at all absolutely and there is um, and and the time we're spending in those check-ins in those meetings are i wouldn't say four times longer because there's there's less to cover for the next week of course. than it would be for a whole month um but the payback comes comes later if you if you're only having one a month and as i alluded to earlier with slippage um jobs don't come in or or, or get done in in that month you you then it's an it's a big it's a big period that you're affecting next time yeah um so for us, it was immense. It may, we can check. For us, we got checking point every week rather than every month with every member of the team. We've got more opportunities to put things right um, quicker than. Um, so, we, ignoring holidays and bits and pieces, you've got 48 times to, to to go through this and get this right rather than 12 times. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It, and it just reverting back to this conversation with Paul done yesterday. We, I, I was talking about well what's the natural rhythm of an accounting firm suggesting that it's every week and and he's saying well he's talking a lot about cadence then you and you'd think cadence and rhythm were the same thing but he, he was uh, paul was making reference to um uh, top class cyclists look to maintain the same cadence on, around the pedals whether they're going uphill downhill or on the straights they change gear but they look to keep the same cadence mm-hmm. and it sounds like what you're trying to do is keep the same 
cadence week in, week out around the value of work that you're doing and the billing piece. We can obviously keep in the same cadence, irrespective as to the scale of the jobs, lots of jobs with small fees, few big jobs with big fees. Is, you know, the, 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 the pressure, the hill versus the downhill changes, but you're looking to keep that, that, that weekly cadence. And, it, I, I, and it, if it's an investment in those weekly meetings, the payoff is in less slippage, more opportunities to make the corrections and therefore maintain that cadence piece. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it in that light before until this conversation yesterday. I thought oh, that's really powerful. That yeah, yeah, very um, interesting. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so um, it sounds as though, and I'm making a big leap here, that every team member, with the autonomy they've got, the connectedness that you've created, the weekly rhythm, are more productive now than they ever were when you were looking at this from a monthly perspective. Or am I just putting words in your mouth here? No, I, I think that's a fair comment um, in terms of, I mean, that's measurable by the, 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 the fact that they, the, the turnaround time on jobs um, across, the, across the firm um, are, are, are lower. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, the, uh, the ultimate financial measure, I guess, is if profitability is improving year in, year out, then um, uh, in, in percentage terms, not just in total terms. I, I, yeah. You know, is there a sense that that's the case as well? Wayne? Yes, yes, there is. Yeah. So it's not just like you're making thirty percent profit and your fees grow and you keep making thirty. You've, you know, you've, you've seen that percentage advance. Yes. Yes, we have. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So we've taught sense of achievement, and that's come from autonomy, a weekly rhythm, um, and the ability to uh, adjust and amend what's going on week in, week out, and having that thirteen-week rolling plan. I, f I find that um, reassuring as well. Um, Camaraderie tough, really tough. Yeah. Um, sense of fairness, um, I, that's a, a weird one to talk about, isn't it, when we can't actually get together as well. But it sounds as though the way, you know, one person's got three children at home, we've got to work with them in a different way than the, the person who's got no children at home and uh, someone who's got elderly parents at home is a different kettle of fish as well. And it's almost the fairness comes from treating each individual separately, is that? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, so it's not a blank. I mean, we're a small small firm, small team, so it's it's um, it's nice and easy easy to manage in that way. But they're all they are tr treated as individuals, and, and their individual circumstances are are respected, and and and, and we deal with them accordingly. It's not just a, a broad brush. You can you all do this, or you all do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how do you feel the firm's done? So financially, it sounds as though you've done okay, Wayne, but how, how do you feel about it? How, how do you and Tony feel looking back at 2020 and, you know, the way your team have done, the results and so in the round, how, how are you feeling about the firm? Yeah, I'm really proud of what we achieved last year in terms of the, um, and the output for, um, for the clients and what the, the client's experience of, of the firm last year. Um, internally, we probably had a, a small production issue because of the because of the working from home scenario, there was um, the, the slippage that we've referred to previously yes. um, was a, a, a little bit higher than, than we would have expected. And that's due to, as, as you alluded to, one of the um, furlough became a, a big job for somebody that, that wasn't there at the, at the beginning of the year. So um, so something had to give somewhere somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, but, but that aside, the, the, the way the team responded, the, 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 um, the, the production, um, and the, the the service the clients were giving through the through the real tough times um, of last year, yeah. um, I think was was 
from our perspective was was very very good. We've, we've had lots of good feedback and um, from the clients and and lots of um, expressions of thanks and yeah. gratitude um, for that. Um, and during that time, uh, the the firm was still able to grow. Um, we didn't hit our growth target, um, but um, we we still increased. Um, we still probably in- increased turnover by I think about ten percent. Right. Um, last year, um, brilliant. Which um, during a fairly fairly tough trading period was um, was something that we're, we're yeah, really yeah. proud of. I, I'm wondering what, and this is hypothetical. So you know, you, we, you can kick this one back to me if you want. I'm just wondering what 2020 would have been like if you'd have been still in that monthly rhythm, that monthly cadence as opposed to weekly. What do you, what, what do you think the big difference would have been? Yeah, I think. Because we'd already got the weekly check-ins going with the team, um, they were physically around the, the meeting room table with each individual at the beginning of the week. Mm. Um, that that habit, if you like, was already ingrained, um, so that was an obvious one to just jump onto Zoom yeah. um, or jump on a phone call to to, to do that. Um, it would have, I suppose, it would have been easy to let that slip and do that every other week or every month, um, but. Um, it, it certainly wasn't. On, it certainly didn't enter our heads that that's something that we we wanted to do because we we'd already got the habit and and we've spent this long trying to get this weekly process going through. I think, as you say, hypothetical, but there's, I, I doubt we'd have got the um, the the number of jobs. When I say jobs, accounts, accounts prep jobs management accounts etc um we would not have got the output that we got if we'd have if we'd have just been looking at this monthly last year yeah yeah well you know you could argue the slippage had been even worse given that you're not working in an office um, yeah turnaround times who knows but, but it is it is speculative but it's interesting isn't it that you talk habit so you've in, you'd installed this weekly habit before when it was yeah. natural for it to continue during um but it sounds as though you've um, had to work harder at the one-on-one connections um, I think it's harder in terms of time spend, um, just simply because uh, so, so Tony was checking in with them formally every day, yeah. um, and that could take... Big partner investment, that, isn't it? It is, yeah, um, and, uh, and we think, although he was losing a, uh, losing a lot of time effectively on, on phone calls to, to the team, um, where he could have been doing other things, he was still looking after his clients, his other... Um, Responsibilities were still being fulfilled, so it was just a case of making the time to do that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we feel because of that, the the team are in a in a good place, and yeah, and um, and continue to to be productive. Yeah, brilliant. How how good? Uh, it's a, that's a loaded question. Let's let me change the question. Uh, it, it's clear from this discussion there's a high degree of connectedness in your firm. You know, people to people, manager to you know junior, and so on. Um, how well have your autonomous client manager team been at ensuring the same or better level of connectedness has happened with clients? Like what's what's gone on there? Um, it's it's probably as it was as it was before, um, except the face to face meetings have, have have dropped off. So mm. um, client managers have, have got their processes; they know when they want. Jobs goes goes out. They know automatically when to remind the client that they haven't had the answers to to yeah. the queries, for example, um, and sort of jump on phone, um, 
get them to jump on a Zoom meeting to, to run through that. Right. Um, so I think, um, and then obviously by the weekly, there were our weekly check-ins with, with the team, so what's, what's the position on this job? Uh, well, since I've had the queries, they've, they've promised me an answer, but not come back. Um, yeah. And then, so we can get involved if needs be, jump on the phone and say, come on, let's get these queries sorted out now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. So, so I, don't, you, I don't think that's changed um, right, okay. to what it was before. Right. So the, uh, so the, if I hear you right, the amount of contact with clients in 2020 was similar to what it was in 2019? Um, similar in terms of routine kind of accounts, um, payroll, well, not payroll, payroll was immensely up because of yeah, furlough. Because of furlough yeah. um, but the, the, the kind of routine jobs, but in terms of our contact with clients throughout 2020, um, our, clearly our face-to-face -face meetings um, were, were, were down. Um, most of them got replaced by Zoom meetings, but in, in terms of um, certainly through the early stage of the pandemic, um, as all decent firms were, they were um, we were putting our information out to clients. Um, check it. We had, um, Tony and I both had a just a very very simple list of every client um, hand in front of us on our desk, and just made sure that we ticked them off every month to make sure that um, we'd spoken to them right, every then, month to begin with. Um, yeah. Just to, um, now, um, some of those were we were dialing out to because we hadn't spoken to the client, uh, a significant proportion of clients were, were phoning in because they were concerned or, or worried. Um, so, but, um, so by the end of the month, what we'd got is a, a few clients that we hadn't spoke to. Um, so we made sure we, we checked in with them to, to right. see if they needed anything and, and, and how yeah, it was. Um, that did, it didn't stay monthly throughout the, the whole of 2020. There was, there were some clients where it was almost daily for most of the year. And there were some really? clients that we, yeah, yeah, we checked yeah, yeah. in, um, every, every couple of months as, as needs arise. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne uh, uh, this, uh, this conversation has been, um, uh, uh, fascinating, uh, in, in that humanize the numbers context, you go, right, accountants are uh, yeah, experts at numbers. They spend all the time working on numbers and in numbers and so on. Um, uh, but what you've done, what the what in your firm, it sounds to me as though that weekly rhythm has got the internal numbers, the targets, production numbers showing up more often than obviously if it was monthly. So you've got more numbers showing up more often, and yet because of that, you, it's almost as if you've got a more human firm as a consequence. It's dry, and 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 the more contact that you and Tony have had with the team, and the team have had with the team, even in a remote setting. Um, makes your firm very much tick that humanise the numbers spot, but it's almost as if the emphasis on the humanity as opposed to the numbers, and the numbers have looked after themselves. Now I know the numbers never look after themselves, <laughs> yeah. but there's you know there's that balance. It seems as though you've got uh, you've got pretty well. So I've I've, I've loved this discussion. Thank you very much. Um, I, I, I'm curious that it it be. I've asked a number of questions. You've looked at your firm. What what is it that stood out from this conversation? that makes you reflect on something you um, could do better on? Um, I think there's, there's always room for improvement in, in, in any, anything that of we course. look at internally. Um, I think with the, I mean, one, of the, one of the KPIs that, that drew out of this conversation, the, the weekly rhythm, we're still, we're, 
we're far, far better than we ever have been, and that is a continuous improvement, but we know we've got a way to go on that, and we won't be happy till we're hitting 10, 11, 12, even 13 weeks right. per quarter of the of the target, rather than having the having the fluctuations. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so 10 of 13, that'd be interesting to know, what, it'd be interesting to have another check-in then, when we've got, if we're, what, what does the firm feel like, look like, and what do the results look like when you've gone from 7 out of 13 and you get to 10 or 11 out of 13? every week yeah. and that cadence is more consistent um, because if anything if you look at the results in the cycling world is when you get more stability around that cadence you, you cycle faster yeah. you, you know you get more done uh, you yeah. achieve better results so um, um, I, I wish you every success with that I look forward to hearing about that so Wayne thank you very much for taking time out of your day and, and sharing a few uh, really detailed insights into the way you work in, in your firm and, and, and humanising the numbers at uh, Anthony Russell thank you very 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 much you're very welcome thank you for having me you'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online you can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Satago and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online, click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services.